naturalist Kogan Haringa has some thoughts about the astronomical power of hexagons. She says, it wasn't until I became familiar with the work of the Dutch graphic artist M.C. Escher that I learned about tessellations. I wish I could share that he was inspired by nature, but apparently he became fascinated by the patterns in the floor mosaics in the Alhambra, a 14th century Moorish castle in Spain. But he did incorporate nature into a great deal of his work. Tessellations are patterns made up of geometric shapes which are repeated and joined together without any gaps or overlaps. Circles and pentagons cannot tessellate. Squares, rectangles, and triangles can fit together without gaps or overlaps. But I, Coggan, became fascinated by tessellating hexagons. And I started seeing them everywhere. Honeycombs, turtle shells, insect eyes, basalt columns, Saturn's North Pole, and in Michigan, the Petoskey stones. Of all the polygons, tessellating hexagons best fill an area with equal-sized units and no wasted space. And because of the 120-degree angles, a hexagon minimizes the wasted space. So, for example, in a beehive, the six-sided walls of each cell require less wax than, say, a square or triangular cell would. And NASA has learned from nature. In designing the James Webb Telescope, instead of using circular mirrors, which would be desirable to focus light but could not fit together without having gaps, engineers realized they could gain more surface area by combining hexagon-shaped gold-plated beryllium mirror segments. They're almost circular and able to focus. And these 18 golden hexagons tessellate. That from Interlochen Public Radio's Outdoors with Kagan Haringa in August 2022. Kagan told us that artist M.C. Escher was inspired by the architectural designs of the Alhambra Palace rather than, say, beehives. And we're about to hear how the building design of a school in Scranton influenced artist and educator Beth Burkhauser to develop a blueprint for teachers and those working creatively to adopt the hexagon form as a means of exploring themes of interconnection in this global world. Each year, the Hexagon Project marks Interdependence Month with an exhibition of artworks from regional schools as well as schools from across the country and around the world. In the 2023 show, there will be over 1,000 hexagons on display at Artworks in downtown Scranton through September, with an opening reception this Friday, September 1st, from 5.30 p.m. to 9. Beth Burkhauser, executive director and founder of the Hexagon Project, paid a visit to the WVIA studios with two educators who have embraced the spirit and practice of the project with their students. Elizabeth Hughes, Director of Communications at the Earth Conservancy in Luzerne County, and Nancy Patalver, an art educator in the Scranton school system. Beth began the conversation with examples of the hexagon shape in nature. We can start with the structure of the carbon, microscopic, and then, of course, most people think about bees and beehives and the whole metaphor of a beehive of people working together. 
It's found in, in nature in other places. Crystals, for instance, are often the shape of a hexagon. So people find hexagons in a lot of places. And I hear what's once they're involved with the hexagon project, they say, oh, I saw a hexagon here and I saw a hexagon there. And in architecture too, we find the triangulation and then the hexagonal for support in architectural forms. Yeah. And ancient cultures, right? Decorative motifs. Yes, you have to, you might find them and in mandalas and the snowflake is another place where we find hexagons. And some of you might have some other ideas about where, but you have to be careful because you want to make sure it's a six sided figure, not an eight sided figure. Then how has that figure that is in the natural world and used by many cultures and societies, how does that come to play a role in Mm. a project (laughs) that you have been working with and sharing internationally and locally over these years? The hexagon uh, is an interesting little story. I taught in Southside at McNichols Plaza Educational School, elementary school, and believe it or not, our footprint was a flower with the library in the center, which was the shape of a hexagon, and then six pod areas around that. Plus, in my classroom, I uh, had desks that were two trapezoids, and when you put them together, they're hexagons. So I think it was in, in the back of my mind when Sandra Myers, who initiated the Interdependence Day as the day after 9-11, invited me to become involved with her interdependence movement. And I thought, why not do some kind of a male art project? And instead of working on rectangles, which most people did, and this was 17, 18 years ago, (laughs) it's been a while, I thought, why not try hexagons and have people make hexagons? And hexagons are shapes that infinitely interconnect. And so if we talk about interdependence, we're talking about hexagons that can make a statement that can be seen and displayed in infinite ways and connect people. And their art inside of these hexagons becomes this metaphor for interconnectedness of ideas through the visual. And so that's where we started. And uh, we continue to work on this every year. And I've been able to spread the word throughout the world, actually, through art education and through teachers uh, and through the internet and through our websites. And teachers come on board who are interested Because the interdependence movement is about seeing ourselves as interconnected. It's about people who are seeing the world as not having borders, but are borderless, and we have some of the same issues. And so people from around the world have caught on to that idea. I guess you could say we we work with themes of, of social justice, of a social justice nature, We've had themes like empathy, transforming conflict, and last year's was kindness. This year's is environmental justice. So you can see how these things are ways that we can educate young people and see connections within communities about our rights and responsibilities in an interconnected world. So that's what the Hexagon Project really 
wants to to do, and we just harness the power of the visual arts to make these statements, and and even they become um, action, they become activist artwork. They they can be statements, or we've actually had artwork go into the community to become donation canisters in the shape of hexagons. and we have other things on, on board right now in the future where the hexagons will be used for signage in the environment. So we have a lot of different ways of using these hexagons in, in visual art. Elizabeth, what drew you to the interdependence project and this way of seeing the world? So I had worked with Beth in the past doing art education, and we kind of crossed paths again with my work currently at Earth Conservancy. And one of the things I've emphasized both when I used to work at the Everhart Museum and now at Earth Conservancy is the interconnectedness of things. So Earth Conservancy deals with reclaiming mine-scarred land, but that has effects that have reverberated throughout the community on the environment, the people, the economy, the quality of life, everything. It's all interconnected. And so That, well, working with Beth was one thing that drew me to the project, but also just being able to take this idea of interconnectedness into the community and work with students about thinking about especially environmental justice because they are living surrounded by these Vinescarred properties. So it really does connect to them. They see these things. And many of us who grew up in the region, we often don't even think about it. It's just always been there. But I believe the students can have a voice in saying what happens to those properties again. And a teacher is at the desk right now. Uh, Nancy, you're an art educator. How did you become drawn to the project? I met Beth when she was my professor at Keystone College when I was working towards my art education degree. And she recruited us to help volunteer. We were hanging the show and helping set up. And that's how I first was introduced to it. And then once I got my degree and started working, I started it two years ago when I was at South Intermediate Scranton School and did that with my middle school students. And then this past year, I was at Whittier Elementary and I participated in the program with them. And how do they react? They love the project. I found that you have to do a big introduction to it. So you need to really work with the students and introduce all the different concepts for the theme for the year, but then give them enough freedom to explore what they want, what they think is important in it, and explore that. A lot of times when the students are at school, they go to reading class or they go to math. They're learning something that the teacher is feeding them, and then they are repeating it back. Where in art, we want the individual students to be able to find their voice and explore that. Tell us what we're seeing there on the table. There's some examples. What you're looking at here is quite an amazing project, and sometimes minds work in the same way because Elizabeth Hughes and the teacher in uh, the Berkshires, they uh, have similar ideas. Is Stephanie Graham, who's been part of the Hexagon Project for several years too. This is from the Berkshires. It's called the Berkshire County Indigenous Peoples Hexagon Project. And this teacher got the art teachers within the whole county to create hexagons. And she created a curriculum, which is actually on our website. You can download and there are worksheets. And if you would like to 
have your students investigate the indigenous peoples where you live, and it could be anywhere in this country. And uh, they did have a curriculum that really connected them to the land of their forefathers, the land of the people who lived there. The Mohicans uh, tribe was specifically. And so they ended up, after they worked on understanding, they worked on creating hexagons about their interconnectedness. Uh, they could have told stories that came from their, their parents, put them on these hexagons. They could have create signs or symbols that they are connected with. But all of these, and we will have these on display at our exhibit opening in September 1st. There are probably about 400 of these that came from Berkshire County in, in Massachusetts. And they're all fascinating to look at. It just takes time. But there's some very powerful images that we that we see here. I see one that looks like something that's uh, from Native American. I see a fish. Uh, I see shapes that seem to be about how we're all connected to each other. I see a beautiful landscape here. And, and they go on and on and on. And there's some red that probably looks like a kindergartner or a preschooler painted mm. inside of the hexagons. And this is, this is open to all ages, all ages. And we do, besides that, we do outreach projects. We've been to community events like a Pinebrook Family Festival where we talk about Pinebrook Proud. What, what can you say about your community that is significant that you want to share? Welcoming Scranton, we show up there. We've been working with immigrants and working where we welcome immigrants into the community. We do World Refugee Day, we participated in several times. So we want to connect community. We were in Philadelphia at Martin Luther King Day this year. So we spread ourselves out into another city and it was remarkable. And the hexagons, if people are kind enough to let us have them, we then put them on display at our venue, which will be opening on September 1st at the Artworks Gallery. And uh, it's 236, I think, Penn Avenue in Scranton. And it opens on first Friday from 5 to 9. And people can come and see these amazing hexagons. And we'll have other activities. There'll be food, there'll be music, and uh, we'll just have a, a great celebration. We have close to a thousand hexagons on display <laughs> there. And then we will also, from other countries like Nepal and Australia, we will be projecting those images uh, onto a wall so that it can be seen and shared by all. And it's just a place where you can come and the theme environmental justice is, is so important and you can pour over these expressions from these people, young people and people who are connected with our community and see their voices. It's really about seeing the voices, visual voices. I also wanted to mention that along with our opening on September 1st, we have workshops and other events going on. There are actually six of them. And you can find out all about them by going to our Facebook page which is the Interdependence Hexagon Project, or I think you could just search for Hexagon Project on Facebook. Elizabeth, tell us now, how are you approaching 
the environmental justice theme in your participation? We actually developed a program, and we're calling it We Reclaim, because I'm hoping to go beyond the Lower South Valley, where I focused on now. Earth Conservancy operates mainly within the communities surrounding Nanticoke. So we worked with students that are in an after-school program called the Shine Program, which operates out of Wilkes University, and it's actually in six school districts. But So we selected the two districts most affected by the work we do, went in and did a five-lesson unit about, well, it was, again, going back to the interconnectedness theme. We started talking about ecosystems first, locally. Then we talked about industry. You know, it used natural resources, so it obviously ties into the ecosystem. But we talked about how important that was to the development of our area and to the people who lived here. And then after that, we talked about what happened when the coal companies started to close up shop and what we were left with. And that really is what starts to get into environmental justice. One of my students, we talked about, what do you think the owners of the coal companies did when we closed? And he's like, well, if it were me, I'd go to Paris. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if they went to Paris, but, you know, it was the workers and the everyday people that lived here that were really affected by the coal mining, the demise of coal mining. So... That's what ties into environmental justice. It's not just that you have scars on the land, but you have communities, disadvantaged communities, that are dealing with a lot of different challenges, and they don't have the capital to kind of fix those things. And so that's what we started talking about land use planning, which is very integral to what Earth Conservancy does, because we own, we did own 16,000 acres of land. To figure out what to do with that was a major challenge. But we got the community involved in that back in 1995, and we still use that plan today. So we allowed the students, we had a big map of the area, we had little tiles, and they figured out what they would want a community to look like. And then from that, we then moved into the actual Hexagon Project, where we started brainstorming, what do you want to be surrounded by? If you had available land, what would you do with it? And so they articulated that through collage. Over 50 students ended up completing the artworks because it depended on what day they were there. But we had two different showings for the families, you know, exhibits for the families, which was great because then the students could continue the conversation with their parents. And that's one of the things about environmental justice, too. It's not just, hey, let's recycle. It's actually about making a difference and, you know, increasing community awareness. And, and if I might add, that's the whole purpose of the Hexagon Project is not just to make the hexagons, but put them in your community first. We love to have them for our exhibit, but put them out in the community and have your community and parents and teachers looking at them and discussing what is this about. And this example that Elizabeth has is, is the epitome of what you know we would love to see, we love to see the Hexagon Project be about. And those lesson plans are also available on your website, most definitely. Similar to the Indigenous Peoples Hexagon Project in Massachusetts, Elizabeth has given us an incredible unit plan that step-by-step, if anyone wants to use it, it's there available on our website. And I'm so grateful to Elizabeth for taking the time to meticulously develop that. When you see it and, and look at it, you will be amazed and you'll be able to see what can you do. And this goes for any groups of people, any group that's interested in 
environmental justice could utilize and what that, you've I done. mean and that's what we're planning to do so we we reclaim can be any community within yes. the anthracite region so hopefully yeah. next year I'll be taking it to additional schools to do Nancy are you going to be able to integrate the hexagon project theme this term um, every year there's a new theme so as soon as we find out what the new theme is <laughs> should then, I reveal but, what the new theme is yes today for the first time, we have to spread the word. And there might be educators who are chomping at the bit to know because it is the beginning of the school year and it gives them a little time. It's it's a theme that is relative to probably everything about interdependence. And that theme is peace. So you can use, we have so many resources on our website that could be utilized immediately. I mean you know, making peace with first yourself, with your neighbors, with your community. How do we create harmony uh, among us? And it's such a needed thing. And we have materials already with the transforming conflict because peace is the opposite of conflict. So you can look at those. And uh, uh, there are many things that we can go to and we will have more resources. And, of course, making peace with the environment is, is certainly always appropriate. And we have many themes of interdependence, but that's it. <laughs> you, we just announced it. Yay! And, Nancy, what's your reaction when you hear that? That opens up so many possibilities. It does. And I love that it is an open theme that individuals can interpret any way they like. How does your implementation of the Hexagon Project take place? The previous year, the theme was kindness. So at the school that I was at was a middle school, grade six, seventh, and eighth. And in our community, we were lacking empathy. So what I did ahead of time is I found stories to read to them. I found video clips that I could show them. It was a silent, there wasn't any words in it. There wasn't anyone speaking and it was just actions. And it showed this one individual how he turned it around and it was like a snowball effect. So that's how I introduced the project. Next, I asked everyone to tell us about when someone showed kindness to them, and then we started a kindness contest. So every time they came Mm -hmm. to art, they got a slip of piece of paper, and they would write down one act of kindness that they did. And what I would do, I would take their little slips, and then the next day, tape a little Jolly Rancher to it, and send it to their homerooms. So now everyone in their homeroom would say, oh, why did they get that candy? And even though that was a little bit of a bribe and kind of a reward, it just snowballed from there. So then we took the little pieces of paper and we drew a giant jar of kindness that we kept in the lobby. And every day I had students that would come in during homeroom and volunteer to tape up all the slips. So we had little marks. So we filled our kindness jar. And that's how we started the project, and then everyone made their individual hexagons. And I must say, Mm -hmm. those pieces were incredibly powerful last year. I just Mm -hmm. was overwhelmed by them. I've always believed that teachers should give children the free freedom to develop their own ideas. And also, I feel it's important to give teachers the freedom to take this hexagon concept wherever they want. It's just the template, but you take this, and that's the amazing thing, that when people get it and they realize, oh, well, yeah, I think we can, wow, yeah, let's do this, let's try that, and it ends up being so many different things. 
but they all coincide with the basic theme of how we're interconnected and interdependent. And that's, that's the important thing about the whole project. Beth Berkhauser, executive director and founder of the Hexagon Project. She paid a visit to the WBIA studios with two educators, Elizabeth Hughes, director of communications at the Earth Conservancy in Luzerne County, and Nancy Batalver, an art educator in the Scranton school system. They were speaking with us about the Hexagon Project and its annual art exhibition to celebrate Interdependence Month. And the 17th Hexagon Project exhibit has the special theme of environmental justice, and it will be on display at Artworks, 236 Penn Avenue in downtown Scranton throughout September. The exhibit will open on first Friday, this Friday, September 1st, with a reception from 5.30 to 9 p.m. There'll be live music and light refreshments and an opportunity for you to create your own hexagon if you feel inspired. Throughout the month, there will be free workshops. There'll be environmentally themed workshops, and they'll be taking place at Artworks. They'd ask you to register, even though they're free, and you can go to the website or the Facebook page. Learn Conservation 101, that's Training by Trout Unlimited on the 7th of September. Poetry and Guided Meditation for Peace and Environmental Justice on September 10th. The Bees and Interdependence Workshop will be held September 14th. The Artistic Director of Farm Arts Collective, Tanis Kowalczyk, will lead a creative theater workshop on September 16th. Telling of the Anthracite Art and the Environment with Dr. Philip Mosley will be September 17th. And a Hexagon Bead and Natural Materials Workshop will be held on September 23rd. That was just to give you a sense of what's on offer, but all the details are available online. It's hexagonproject.org, H-E-X-A-G-O-N project.org. Hexagon Project 2023, the exhibition opening this Friday at Artworks Penn Avenue in downtown Scranton. Admission is free, and all month you'll be able to see at least 1,000 hexagons from around the region, around the country, and around the world. For more information on the web, hexagonproject.org, hexagonproject.org.